Hey everybody, it's Chris and Rick Talk Guitars. That's Chris over there. Good morning. I'm Rick. Um, today we're going to talk about PV, the story. Ah, yeah, the story. I love um, PV. Musical instrument company uh, founded in Meridian, Mississippi. Mississippi. Mrs. M I S. Well, anyway, we won't do that. Um, Thank you. By Hartley PV in '65. 1965. And wow. He was inspired by wanting to build affordable gear at, or yeah, good gear at affordable prices. Right. right? Wasn't he sort of like he he out of high school? He kind of wanted to be a a guitar player, so he, he kind of gave that a shot, and it didn't quite pan out for him. Yeah. After the third band, him to build them amps because he built these crazy little amplifiers. Yeah. And he, so they'd be in their band, and they're like, you know what, your rhythm sucks. You're out of the band, but before you go, make yeah. me an amp. <laughs> make sure that amp is done before you <laughs> we kick you out of the band. Exactly. Yeah. He was the poor guy. He, he saw a Bo Diddley concert, and he, he had to. He wanted to be a rock star, and so he joined like three bands and. He built gear for every band, and once he was done building the gear, they're like, you know, hey, Harley, uh, Hartley. Uh, it's not really working. It's not really <laughs> but thanks for the gear. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, but so he finally came to terms with that and said, well, screw it. I'm going to just focus on building gear. And, and look who's laughing now. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, one band went on to be the Stones. No, I don't know. They were the American. Anyway. They went on to be the Stones. <laughs> yeah. Sometime in the late 70s. Yes, in the late 70s. Um, but yeah, it's it, you got to talk about this company uh, if you're talking about musical gear, you know, because, I mean, tons of people used that, his stuff in the 70s and, and are still are still using it. Yeah. You know? I mean, I had a PV Classic back in the you 80s. Did. That I was going to be one of my questions on this on this topic. Was I did. We were going to ask each other what PV gear that exactly. we had. Exactly. We'll so get I, to that. Yeah. So I had a yeah I had a classic that a 212 combo. So it was a tube. It was a tube amplifier. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Back in the 80s, and it, it was okay. It was it was okay. Yeah. It had the Scorpion speakers in it, or whatever the Black Widow speakers or something. Scorpions <laughs> probably. Yeah. I think they were scorpions. Yeah. yeah. Now that I think. I like those speakers. Yeah. You know. And, he, oh, when he first started making amps, uh-huh. I, I love this era, like reading about this era, because that was like the Wild West of solid state stuff. So even right. by his own admission, he was like, those first amps were pretty bad sounding, yeah. but there wasn't much competition, so it helped put him on the map. Yeah. But that just must have been you know, an exciting time for them trying to figure out the transistor shit. Totally. I haven't heard, I mean, I've heard some of the, you know, maybe the early 70s stuff. There was like the silver knob amp period, like the silver, oh. like metal knobs. Uh-huh. And some of those, I remember running into them as a kid and being a little bit lost on how to get them to sit. Because I'm like, ooh, a big amp, a big amp. It sounds great. And plug it in. And it just sounded like shit. I couldn't get a good sound out of it. I think now I would probably be able to because I'd know kind of how to take it on its own terms. But you can definitely hear. If you take the amplifiers, you can definitely hear how he kind of found his way through the transistor period. And he was making tubes all along. but. um, it's, I have more experience with the transistorized stuff myself. Yeah, and I don't. I have more experience with the tube stuff. And to your point, I, it was hit or miss, I think. I mean, there because even that classic was kind of, for me, hard to dial in. And I, I again, it, his amps, A, were hit or miss, depending on what you plugged into. It could sound like crap or it could sound halfway decent. But, um, uh, you know, there were certainly lots of people using PV gear. Absolutely. In the day. And I remember a friend of mine had a bass head. That was PV. That was awesome. It was like 200 watts and had an EQ and all this other crap. And it was a great rig. No, he made a lot of great stuff. One of the things that's kind of a sleeper amp is if you can find one, they're they're pretty early amps, 
but they're tweed covered and they're called the vintage series. They're, oh, they're cool. kind of like the classic series evolved out of that, like the tweed covered classics. Uh-huh. But the early ones were full tube and some of them were kind of like a basement, a 410 basement knockoff. Cool. Those are fantastic sounding That's amps. cool. And you can get them for, for pretty cheap. A little bit later, they went to a tube power amp section with a preamp of solid state preamp. And those don't uh-huh. sound as good. Yeah. But I remember in high school, I, there was a band that I used to go watch that was a neighborhood band, and I'd go watch uh-huh. their practices or whatever. One of the guitar players had like a JMP Marshall 50 watt half stack. Sweet. And the other one had this PV. And I'm like, you know, as a kid, I'm like, what the fuck is he playing? A suitcase? It looks, <laughs> that's bullshit. I want the Marshall. You know, suitcase. that's what I want. But he, that thing sounded so good. That's that awesome. Even with my judgy little kid <laughs> attitude, I I thought that the, um, the PV sounded better than the Marshall. Interesting. And the, and the Marshall player was a much better guitar player, too. But that thing just had. This sound, this creamy kind That's of like cool. basement kind of sound that to my ears, I didn't even know what a basement sound right. was, but that was it. So those are, are really great amps. They're called Vintage. And That's they cool. may have made them in different wattages and And this was the 70s or 80s? Or? It would have been very early 70s, okay. maybe even late 60s. I don't okay. know when he started. 65, he started building amps When did he start rolling stuff? out amps like as a regular? He was like making one a week. For a while, I read. <laughs> Dang. Like, you know, just one app a week and reel it over to this one's going to, to <laughs> this Charlie's one's going house. to Joe in. Yeah. yeah. But no, <laughs> those cool. vintage amps, you can look them up online. Um, everyone's I'll I saw one out. just go for like 200 bucks somewhere. That's cool. And that's like getting real close to a, a tweet. Was, it, was for, it 410s? It was 410s. Okay, yeah. cool. Wow, so, that's cool. No, I'll, I'll always love PV because. He was the entry for so many people. And yeah. not just, you know, I've never owned one of his guitars. I always thought they were cool, and yeah. I probably would have. Yeah. But his PA gear alone. Oh, yeah. I mean, as a band starting out a garage band, that was your entry into being able to play yep. shows. Yep. The great stuff about the thing about that was it had a pretty good high turnover rate, and it wasn't because it was bad. It was because, you know, he made like from the very entry on up, and a lot of right. bands would get the entry stuff. And they would outgrow it. They'd play a few gigs and get more money. I'll grow it so they'd put it on sale. Yeah. So we could, you know, you could buy used PV gear that wasn't that used for really great prices. Yeah. And that's how, you know, the band that I was in in high school and just out of high school, we had all PV gear. We that's could play so cool. anyway. Like the, the I mean, that was back when you had to bring, you know, we had to bring our PA to clubs to oh, play yeah. clubs. And lights, so, too. But yeah. it was all PV, like two CS800 power amps which were just like bulletproof That's like the awesome. industry standard like small club you know band setup those things always worked That's so and they, cool. they were you know it was fairly clean power that shit was great so I'll always have a place in my heart for Hartley PV for allowing you know garage bands to get their foot in the door yep. if I don't know if you remember but back in the day like you know the professional PA like boards and you know amps and all that, shit. that shit was so expensive. Oh, totally, man. And again, like his whole mindset was, I want to build good gear at affordable prices. And like you said, for bands that you know starting out and aren't you were not making any money, we're just kids, and right. like the amps and the PA gear was totally accessible to us, you know, because it was inexpensive and it was decent gear, you know. And yeah, I'm the same way. I have a soft spot in my heart for that stuff. And like I said, the, the guitar amps, I think, were really spotty and, and really um, hit or miss. But you could get a good amp. Like that one you're talking about, or even that classic guy had, the PV Classic with the two, you know, 212 combo. It was okay. It was a good it was amp. Serviceable. For, it was totally, yep, it was, it was totally it was serviceable. And it was reliable. Yep. And you could, I mean, you could definitely get good enough sounds out of it for, yeah. for playing. Yep. Yep. And the durability thing was it was definitely a factor and that was something he was kind of big on i mean that yeah. stuff was pretty rugged 
I mean, oh, totally. And the cool thing is, he he's you know he was he's, he's always into experimenting and trying new things, and I think he you know he's made. A, a place for himself in this whole industry, you know, and he's still Absolutely. doing it. And he's, you know, he's got all kinds of different things going on in terms of, you know, PA gear and, and software and all, and modeling amps now and all this oh, other yeah. crazy stuff. And back in the eighties, he was like, probably in the mid eighties, he was the only one that had more musical instruments like manufacturing than he did was Yamaha. So he was he was doing everything. And he was doing his thing was he was doing so much shit in house. Yeah. Like he was building his own circuit boards. I think originally I don't know when he started or if he started I mean cuz he had the Scorpion and the Blackwood. I don't know if yeah. those were manufactured. I think he was using like speakers from other pe- people, but everything else he was building his his whole point was like I'm just going to build it here yep. that I can make it exactly how I want. Yep. And he was also revolutionary in like CAD design for right. designing things yep. and for like automation. I mean, I think his guitars were the first ones to use the um the CNC, CNC machines. They were, ma- yeah. machines that everybody just goes nuts over right now. So we kind of owe it to them and that was like his deal. When he got to making guitars, which was later than like amps and PA stuff, he said, "It's ridiculous." The modern guitar companies are selling guitars for, you know, what the market would bear, and that's bullshit. I yeah. want to sell a professional level guitar with a case for 350 bucks. And everybody thought he was nuts, but given those things we just talked about, like his, you know, his design and his yep. manufacturing ideas that he came up with, he was able to do that. He was able to sell at that price for quite a while. Yeah. And that was the T60. And those are cool. They I mean, are cool. They're cool looking, they're cool. I haven't played one in Forever, but I mean, and those like are starting to get respectable in the vintage guitar yeah. market now. They're so they're yeah. not like you know two hundred and fifty bucks anymore like they were in the nineties or whatever. Right. So, I mean, it's he's, he'll get his due, I think, as far as you know, pioneering American musical instrument manufacturer. I think so too, and and I mean, I just admire the attitude. You know, like I want to do, I want to, you know, like I like we said, is he wanted to build good gear at affordable prices, and he was. You know, he he's a gun guy, apparently, or something. So he admired how this one gun manufacturer had such tight tolerances between the, the wooden stock of the gun and the metal pieces. So he did research. And um, sure enough, he bought this machine that they used. It was in Europe or something. Yeah, I read about that. It yeah. was like, they made, like, axe handles, too. Yeah, they, yeah. And they, he got it to do, like, body routing yeah. and stuff like that to cut out bodies. Yeah, but. and so, exactly. He he said, well, I, I, one dude can turn, churn out, you know... 300 guitars a day or whatever. Yeah, and, that's what it was. I think and, I read uh, that exactly. Yep. And um, and they're they're built to these tight tolerances and blah, 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 all this other stuff. So, yeah, I, I kind of have a soft spot for those old guitars, too. They're funky, man. They're like... The natural strat. ash yeah. with the maple necks and just... The, yeah. One thing I thought was cool is that that logo that you can recognize from a million exactly. miles away is so distinct. PV logo. He came up with that in high school. And if you think I about that, that, it's totally like something you would have put on your, your notebook. Totally. And the Red Star Federation over <laughs> right, here. Exactly. And then the PV logo over here. So it's like, that's kind of cool. He that just rolled this, cool. rolled this into like, I think they still use that today, don't they? Oh yeah. That's right. the logo. I, I, I saw, I saw a picture of the factory and it's the big, pointy PV logo right there on the nice. freaking building. Yeah, it's yeah. crazy. I love that. I didn't know that, but I think yeah. that's so cool. I could see that scrawled on his peachy, you know, yeah. or if totally. they had those back then or whatever. Are but. you paying attention, Hartley? <laughs> no. I'm designing I'm my factory. I'm ready to the world with affordable musical gear. Yeah, so, I mean, and, you know, I guess he's got a bunch of patents and stuff for this, whatever, for all the different innovations he's 
been a part of and he's still doing it. He's still the guy. He's still the president of the company. He's still churning out gear. And um I think I think it is. I think it's a testament to his vision of what he wanted to do that he's still around producing gear and and people are using it, right? I think right. it's interesting the evolution kind of of his gear cuz I I think when you and I were younger I associated his gear. A lot of country musicians used his gear, and like yep. you were saying, you'd you'd see shots of the Grand Old Opry and yeah, they, all that's the all they allowed yeah. was PB. I mean, Crazy. PB was totally. And think about it, like Skinner's backline right. during that whole thing. They had those cool white yeah PVs. That must have been tube stuff too. And oh, so it they, had to be. Yeah. I can just imagine that a lot of people down south are like, you know, here's a local boy. Yeah, you know, we're going to use his shit, and it, and it worked well. I mean, it sounds great. Yeah, I mean, for if you're going for a clean country sound, I mean, he made the like the pedal steel amp, the Nashville 400 or something. I think it's uh-huh. called. To this day, pedal steel players seek that out because it sounds so good for pedal steel. That's cool. So I mean, he had a good clean sound in a lot of his amps, and you know, country players understandably embraced it. I like how like if you think about the guitar companies back then, you know. A Strat style guitar had this like kind of this generic Strat style bridge, the saddles that went in, you know, the folded metal saddles or whatever. Uh-huh. And but he's just like had this weird like cast iron like cast piece of metal like bridge is like I he made everything right it was like the whole guitar right. he just redesigned the guitar you know he had like yeah. the basic you know kind of Fender ish shape but everything else is I'm gonna make this in house and I'm just gonna figure out how to do it the way I want to do it yeah and it was so cool I mean I never owned one of his guitars. But I do remember when I first started frequenting music stores and I was trying to climb up the ladder from, you know, Japanese copy. There was, you know, I had a number of PVs in my hands and I was considering it and I would have been happy to play one. Oh, yeah. And I'm the same way. I mean, they, they kind of call to me in that way. You and I are weird anyway. We like oh, yeah. we like odd birds. Weird shit. Um, so PV is right in line with that. Those guitars and those basses speak to us in kind of a weird way and kind of call to us. Um, but uh, yeah, and he, yeah, he did build his own speakers. I saw a video where he said, "Yeah, we build our own speakers." Oh yeah, that's right because they had a they had a process for like in field changing yeah. of coils. Yeah, like if you blew a it's insane, you, know, you blew a speaker, you could change it in field, yeah. which is pretty cool on the Black Widows, I think. Yeah, and it's cool because he talked about in high school he took every shop class you could take, wood shop, elect, you know, metal shop, every right. so <laughs> kind of similar to to uh, Paul Bigsby, like we talked about. He could do everything. He could man, you know, if you gave him a hunk of metal. And said, build me a, a trim system, he could build you one, or whatever it is, right. or a hunk of wood, you, he could build a guitar. So that's kind of cool. I think, you know, he's he's one of those guys, those jack-of-all-trades guys that, that, that just taught himself electronics, too. I mean, he took electronics right. classes in high school, so he could, he could build any, anything. And I think there's something kind of cool about that. You know, there's kind of like Thomas Edison or some other, those other right. crazy, do, you know, inventors of just... And he totally has that Pretty personality stuff. when, you, yeah. you know, you, you read interviews with him. It's like he's got that cocky kind yeah. of like, you know, I'm an inventor, which I yeah. love. Yeah. I mean, you got to have that. To, oh, yeah. To be successful. So yeah. definitely should never underestimate PV's position in musical instrument manufacturing because it was a gateway for a lot of people to get in on every level. I yeah. Mean, amplifiers. I mean, I had owned one PV amplifier and I think it was the amp that was like the state of michigan state amplifier there were so many of them around <laughs> that's that time. So awesome it was a pv bandit 65 oh, i remember the, the mid-80s ones with the colored knobs and nice. everybody had one it was just like so durable i mean you could play crappy punk rock and just crank it up and it was loud enough yeah it was portable 
And you know, if you, if something happened to it, you just stole another person's <laughs> because they were everywhere. What was the base amp? Was was it a TNT TKO or TKO? And that's okay. an interesting. My friend, who's an amazing bass player, who has um, he has a like a '60s flip top Ampeg, uh-huh. and he also had the big Ampeg VHT. Is that what they call it? Whatever it is. Yeah, I think he so. Had that that so he's like got a really good taste for bass tone. That's he cool. loves the TKO. That's and, awesome. And those you can find those still for yeah. seventy five bucks, hundred bucks, yeah. or something like that. Yeah, and it's a great sounding. Bass amp. Yeah, because so. I remember um, a bass player had a, a, a. It was a single fifteen combo, right? And it was awesome. Yeah, it sounded probably great. A TKO. It was, yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, I I think it's really cool to to um, talk about PV because I don't think they get a lot of play really. And you know, you know, everybody talks about Gibson and Fender, obviously, right. because of they're the big players, and even Gretsch for that matter. But um, PV, yeah, like he just kept going kept going and it's interesting kind of for me to see the evolution of like who's using his gear i think there's still probably a large contingent of country players that use his gear but now he's you know he kind of teamed up with eddie van halen at that time for building guitars and amps and then so he started to build high gain amplifiers that appeal more to like hard rockers and heavy metal players so i think there's a whole contingent of those players now that are like pv devotees that are like yeah man I, i have my 61 whatever it is 6550 or whatever and so I think that's kind of cool, and and still, I think he he's still trying to maintain this, you know, ethos that you know I'm going to try to be the guy that builds affordable gear, that's good gear, you know, and I think that's really admirable, you know. No, it, it totally is, and there's some. I mean, I just like how a person could take like a thousand dollars and become a PV collector. You could say right, I'm exactly. only going to collect, you know, metal knob PV amps and, you know, get like the little backstage, the decade, right. the deuce or whatever it is. Right. And, I mean, you could have a whole shit ton, a whole collection of these things and they're cool. They're they super are cool. cool. I mean, he, yeah, that the middle eighties, his amps really came into it. And then he had another bump when he came up with the trans tube technology right. Back in the middle 80s, it was like saturation. It was a knob called yeah. saturation that gave you that supposedly tube-like overdrive, which wasn't really. Right. But it, it was usable. I used it all the time. Yeah. So, I mean, I I mean, I mean, have a warm fuzzies for that Bandit 65. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's great. And like I said, the PA gear is like, if that's all I ever experienced from PV, it would be like, I would owe him a lot for yeah. just all the early shows for the first, you know, five years that I played music it was you know it was brought to you by PV pretty much in some way I love it yeah I, I'm the same way I, I have vivid memories of just seeing that logo slapped on and and the, those uh vertical the narrow slats, silver yeah, slats which I guess that, yeah. came from him putting the grill cough on backwards oh that's and hilarious he, and he saw it and he's like that looks cool I'm, I'm gonna, that's I'm gonna so do funny. it that way so but yeah I mean I I have the same kind of fuzzies for that stuff it's like i i just saw it all over the place and i now i'm kind of curious about that tweed amp you talked about too just look it up it's i'm gonna do that i'm gonna see i'm gonna check out demos one. of that, that and definitely if you see one and you're me. thinking about it try to look for gut shots because you want the full yeah. tube one yeah because the hybrid doesn't sound as good yeah and i wonder if they made like a 112 that would have been like a deluxe version i bet of that, you they but, did man i mean that is so weird that he made it during that time period too because like i said the, right back then tweet amps were like i don't want that old crap that's well, like a suitcase totally you know I we want, sawed one in half and i want so a twin or i want a marshall you know i want a suitcase right so um he, he was like totally on to that or very yeah. early on but and then i mean the whole classic series, which was very popular in the 90s, yep. and I don't know if they still make it, probably still is if they do, yeah. that was, you know, kind of, it, the vintage series grew into that, 
So he kind of took that and went for that big resurgence of like tweed tone in the 90s. So yeah. as a band, did you use much of his PA gear? I got to say we didn't really. We, we kind of inherited gear from people and, and you know what I mean? Um, but again, I just remember seeing it all over the place. Yeah. I mean, if I went to a club or if I saw other bands or something, I saw PV gear all over the place, whether it was amplifiers or PA gear. Yeah. It was very pervasive. And, pre- you know, everybody was using that stuff. Um, and some of the entry stuff was a little bit depressing. If you had, like, I remember you had these little monitors that kind of stuck together that you pulled out and you plugged yeah. them in. And you could never hear anything no. out of them. But it was no. like, at least he's giving you, I mean, the, you know, to be He's able trying. to be frustrated yeah. right off the bat. Like, yeah, he he want, yeah he, he didn't wanted want to bring you in and let you know that this is what you're going to run into in the world. You it's know, there's like good this. and bad, man. Yeah. You gotta, you know, there's light but, and dark. Yeah, you got. But no, his CS 800s, uh, just like I, it's so funny because I'll see one like on Craigslist or something uh-huh. now, and I'm always like, ooh, I, I want to get it. I have no <laughs> yeah, use just for it. But it's put like, it in the corner exactly. with all the other shit. It's yeah. such a good hunk of gear i know just right? well and that's it i mean when you have when you remember gear like that or you've used gear that's so reliable and so durable you're like god i just i just want to have it in my near me you know right. so you're like right. yeah i turn the knobs <laughs> no but i i think it's just cool to remember it and that it it was a real cool thing to be a gateway for people to like get access to gear that was affordable it was decent gear and it's like boom i could get into this you know nowadays i mean there's lots of ways for people there's lots of inexpensive ways for people right. to get into stuff but back then it was a lot harder because there weren't a lot of companies no, so hartley pv was was filling that void you know yeah it was like you either got like a custom or a casino like you know a little pa thing that had like really nasty dark sounding speaker columns yeah. with a way underpowered you know, just a, like amp head right. that you use for PA, or you know, you went to like Tapco or something that was yeah. more, you know, more professional level up. I don't remember what what it was, but there was a huge gap. And he came in with like, I mean, the first PA that we had was probably from the early seventies. It was a nine or a, an eight channel powered mixer. It was huge. Um, had <laughs> of these big, I've seen those too. I see really? those pop up on Craigslist. Oh, and we only awesome. had that for like six months. And we sold that and got like um, the power amps and the, like a, a 16 channel or 12 channel. No, it was a 16 channel board. That's so um, awesome. With the LED meters, the 80s. And you guys probably thought really you were affordable. on your way. You're like, oh, oh we we're, yeah. we're Screw done. Screw that thing. And when we first got the power thing, we're like, yeah, we're definitely on our way. I don't know what we came up We're going to get a deal but, any day now. Yeah, totally. <laughs> No, so yeah, I mean, that was, I mean, that was our gateway. That's in. cool. Yeah, I mean, and then by the time we outgrew the PB stuff, we didn't need it anymore because we're playing clubs that right. have that gear. Yeah, so yeah, somewhere around here, I have a, a early '70s guitar player magazine that has a, a big full page ad for what they call the Opry Box. Hmm. It's a PV like self-contained monitor unit that looks like it looks like a little robot like yeah. r2d2 or something that has controls facing out towards the performer very and cool. it's just like an amp and a, like a little mixer so you just wheel it around the stage and i guess that the grand old opera well, that was their their deal they just had pv stuff like as far as amplification that's so cool PA stuff i believe yeah but that's the case so they just had a contract with pv that said yeah well, you'll supply yeah. us all our gear and PV probably pa stuff here. and pv nothing, spoken here nothing else i think that's so cool i now have to go back and watch some footage to see what they you know see what their backline looks like and their, P- yeah, their me PA too. stuff you can catch 
I wonder if that stood like if that was for a long period of time or you know what I mean? Like how long? I wonder how Probably long it lasted. Probably through the 70s. Yeah. Sh- you know, we, we should find out. That should be our I would assignment. Love to. We That's our homework. Try to find yeah. out what it is and maybe post on you know, the website, what we found. Yeah, because yeah. I think that's so cool how he was able to find niches to get himself into, right? To compete with the big players right. of, of at the time, you know? And um, I just think that's cool. And then also how he kind of, I don't know whether he it was on purpose on his part or if it just happened, uh, you know, naturally where like heavy metal artists and hard rock artists were drawn to his stuff. Right. Maybe it was a little both, I guess. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, That may have started, but, and I might be wrong, but it may have started with the 5150, his yeah. like, deal with Van Halen, maybe, Probably. you know, he got him kind of in the high gain thing and yeah. then maybe other people kind of flocked to him or he, you know, sought those people to yeah. say, Hey, I'm doing the high gain thing. You want to check out what I got here? Exactly. Maybe. Who knows? Yeah. Yeah. But I think it's interesting cause he's got, I mean, he's got his fingers way into that market. Like a lot of people play, you know, PV, those PV amps, the high gain amps and the, the guitars that he makes that are, you know, geared to heavy metal, hard rock stuff. You remember the butcher, the PV butcher? No. You don't? Okay. That must've been like mid eighties Is it a guitar or, so. or an amp? No, it's a head. It's an amp oh, head. And I think it's like a hundred watts. I love that. And I, yeah, <laughs> that. That was pretty cool. I remember kind of looking at it and going, wow, I bet you that's loud. And I'm sure it is. That's so it's a guitar amp? Watts. Yes. Yeah. Like a guitar head. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That I was love cool. that. It's funny though, because I can remember back and you know, in probably later in the '80s and in, into the '90s, when uh-huh. there was like a little bit of PV backlash, and I think what happened was, you know, a lot of players right. maybe started like, you know, go, rising up the gear food chain a little bit and started looking back and going, "Oh, PV," yeah, like looking down their nose at PV, getting a little cocky. But that, that's kind of funny because you know, now I think that stuff is starting to get, you know. It's starting to get some credit for being, you know, as cool as what it is. At least the guitars and whatnot. Totally. You can still find amps at ridiculously yeah. good prices. Yeah. I think. And I remember that distinctly, too. The class warfare or the class, you know, people would look down their nose at, like, if you walked in with a PV amp or a guitar as opposed to, like, a Gibson or Fender or right. Marshall or something like that. Totally. And, I mean, I had a, you know, I think we talked about it, but we both had PV gear back in the day. and. It served us well. And and again, that's what I think is so cool about these cycles that happen, right? Like younger players will happen upon this gear, like, you know, that may have been looked down upon in the past or was overlooked and they'll, they'll pick it up and use it and they'll create really cool stuff with this gear. I love that. I just love that. I do too. That's kind of in my wheelhouse stuff. That's a little bit off the mainstream that is still really good yeah and it's still affordable totally and that's what's cool is, is especially nowadays too in our area for you know started musicians starting out it, you know all this gear that now has become vintage and all this other right. stuff and expensive now it's cool that not only new gear you can get pretty inexpensively oh, yeah. some pretty decent gear but you know this old pv stuff or old brand names that weren't you know the sought after stuff right yeah, and you can get it and use it and it's good it's like the PV, I think it's the Patriot, which is a Strat style guitar, and the uh-huh. PV, was it a Raptor? I don't, I don't really recall that. Their Tele style guitar. I love all the names. And those, <laughs> like in the '90s, they kind of made those in the USA a little bit longer than some of the other persons, like entry level. Uh-huh. So you can still get, you know, a USA made like Strat style yeah. guitar or Tele guitar for a really good money. I mean, probably about the same price as a new like Squire or something. Yeah. So that's definitely something to look into. If you're if you want to you know kind of a 
getting to be vintage, you know, American instrument at, yeah. at a deal. And I have seen those old 70s PV guitars and basses used by these newer bands, and they're they're, they're super cool. Really? I, I haven't in a while, but I could totally... I know there's somebody out there that just, like, that's yeah. their thing. I remember back in the 90s when I was working in a vintage shop, uh-huh. um, the owner of the shop going out and buying, like, somebody's whole collection of those PV amps. That's in so cool. Case, you know, guitar with the amp in the case yeah. things. Oh, yeah, yeah. So we had, like, a dozen of them or half a dozen of them or something. And I remember, like, displaying them all with their cases open with the guitars that's in them. That's so cool. I don't cool. know if they were T-15s. I think they were the T15 uh-huh. that came with the the amp in the case. It's kind of Harley PV's take on the Silvertone amp and case. That's really that he cool. Did. They were, and they were cool looking. The little amps had like the blue, you know, the colored knobs of the of the 80s era. So they were they were really cool. That's neat. I, I don't remember. But there those, was a collector in the 90s. I love it. He was <laughs> so like, was I'm into this. Is my there. deal. Yeah, totally. <laughs> He's <laughs> the guy. <laughs> and he probably sold like there was probably never a peak, unfortunately, for the poor guy, right? Right. Where right. he could cash out, right? No, <laughs> like, totally. It's like, well. The wife says, I got to get rid of the collection of PVs. Thinning the herd. Okay, there goes the PVs. (laughs) Well, another thing I found interesting about um, PV is that he's gotten into like software and like PAs for government stuff or or software for government stuff. Yeah. Dark web stuff. Dark web, yeah. Oh, wow. Which I think is super cool. Like he's, again, like I think it's really fascinating how these people like find ways to, to sell gear in certain uh, markets, you know, that you would, that I, I just didn't think about it. I was doing research on PV and I'm like, Oh, that's interesting. Like some government stuff for software for audio and then just PA stuff for government buildings and things or government auditoriums. And he's wow. supplying the P the, the PA stuff for that. I just love the idea of doing cool. research on PV. I know. Right? Warms my heart. <laughs> it, is, it is. Well, the cool thing is just, I, I never knew much about it because you and I, know about pv and they've been a part of right, our, their our, gear they've yeah, been in our been yeah around. the gear's yeah. always been around us but i didn't really ever know about P- hartley pv and until yeah. i started doing this research and it's kind of an interesting story you know yeah, and coming just after reading the birth of loud it's yeah. kind of interesting to put his him into that whole scenario of yeah you know, american guitar instrument builder totally guy. so that that's cool yeah Cool, cool. Um, yeah, I, I hope you guys found this interesting. We sure had a blast talking about PV. I did too, man. And, and like you said, the homework was fun. It wasn't too uh, laborious. Mm-hmm. Um, thanks for listening, as always. And um, check us out on social media and our website. Um, you know, all that jazz. We we just really appreciate you guys listening out there. And, and uh, keep on listening. We appreciate Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Thank yep. you so much for listening. Cool. Bye. Bye.